I'm Shivani Gupta. I'm obsessed with small to medium businesses growing. As business owners, we take so much risk and we want to make sure it's worth it. I believe one of the best presents you can give yourself as a business owner is to be able to learn how to scale your people, your profit and your processes. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Grow Your Business podcast. I am so excited. I'm going to find out about this great woman, Kate Save, who I have an opportunity to hear speak for International Women's Day events this year. She is uh, the founder of Beef, uh, Fit Foods. We're going to find out a lot about her and her business. Um, but firstly, I just wanted to say, Kate, I know that you have just literally got out of the beach. We were just talking <laughs> about you wearing wet swimmers and having a family run. <laughs> Talking in the school holidays, which is always interesting and full on, and the fact that you've made time to do that. So thank you, and it's great to see you and your beautiful baby in the background. Thank you so much for inviting me, and I'm really looking forward to this. And so tell me, one of the things that happens when we've got listeners here, Kate, they're always very interested, and I'm always super curious to find out, tell us about sort of the high highs and the low lows in your journey, whether it's professionally whether it is um, personally, um, like take us through some of your journey in terms of getting to where you have got to today. I guess, look, the low lows always make the high highs sound even better. So the low lows for me were really around my health journey. And um, I know you know a little bit about this, but from the age of two years old up until I was uh, 19, I was hospitalized quite a bit with severe tummy issues. And it was only by the time, uh, so in the 1990s, they brought the MRI to Australia. And prior to this, all of the testing I'd had had really only been ultrasounds, x-rays, and, you know, very old medical technology that wasn't optimal for diagnosing what they thought I had when they did an MRI. So um, they told me I had a tumor in my bile duct. It was um, emergency surgery and it was something that, um, you know, had a 90% sort of survival rate. But as a 19-year-old, I guess that's something pretty um, hard to fathom because you think you've got your whole life ahead of you. You think, I've just been through school, I've gotten to my uni course and, you know, you want to travel and do these things. So that for me, getting through that and um, it made me more resilient and more ambitious because I guess um, when you're faced with that reality, you really do that sort of check-in. And it wasn't just a surgery that was a, the scary part. It was actually when I was in hospital and it was my 20th birthday and it was uh, my birthday was two days after the operation. So I was in the um, hospital for about eight days. So no food, um, drips, catheters, all the horrible drugs and bits and pieces. And I was watching on TV about eight o'clock at night and the barley bombings happened. And I remember sitting there on the 12th of October, just thinking is like, it can't get worse than this. Like I'm in an electric bed. I couldn't sit myself up or down. I, you know, no foods and fluids, just drips and catheters, horrible, horrible drugs and bits and pieces. My stomach sliced sort of from edge to edge. So um, cut the whole way across and just um, that was that really low moment. And then everything from there was really upwards. Um, that passion to start my own business when I was in my early 20s, I started a gym and then a dietitian consultancy, sort of branched out to have 10 little um, consulting rooms in medical centers, three private hospitals. And 
then it was about five or six years later after that that I started a home delivered meals company called Be Fit Food. Um, and that, that's a lot, right? Like when you think about even now for people, whether they're in their 60s or 70s, to think about that. But to think about that as a teenager, as a 19-year-old, that's that's really massive. Um, my next question was around challenges. So, you know, when people are faced with challenges, like some people have like a process or a ritual or a way of thinking or they do something to switch on their mindset. Um, and, you know, um, I just wondered like, you had to face them at such an early age, you know, particularly health-wise and personally. And I'm sure um, that the growth and you being super humble and we want to know more about, you know, the, the business side of it and the phenomenal growth that you've had in there as well and all the challenges that come your way. How do you go about tackling it? Like what's the Kate save way? Like how do you deal with it, whether it's small, medium or large in terms of when something hits you and then how do you work through that? Oh, I, I think that the first bit of strength always comes from someone telling you you can't do something and that charges me like nothing else. Tell me I can't do it and I'll do it. So, um, and, and I think, you know, as sad as it is, being a female in business, being a female who wants to succeed, do all those things, you do get told you can't a lot or it's unlikely or good luck. And um, there's not always as much faith in you as uh, I have had challenges in my journey and I've certainly had some of those um, uh, confrontations that shouldn't have happened that did happen. And that's really where I got the strength and determination from because I was brought up uh, by my parents who were always sort of 10 years older than all of my friends' parents. So my parents were very mature. Um, my dad was sort of, you know, when I was in my teenage years in his 50s and I'm so grateful for that because his outlook on everything was very different. He he had that mature head that just said, my girls can do anything, um, make your own decisions in life. True happiness comes from doing what you love. Don't follow the money. Don't follow, you know, the fame, the fortune, those sorts of things. Just pick something you love and do that. And no matter what it is, you'll be the best at it. And all those things will come. And I think that was that foundation to just give it a go and he'd never loved a job that he'd done in his whole life and that was his biggest regret and so for his girls and so myself my sister he just said you know follow your dreams follow the passions you can do anything and that grounding was really important and I, I remember at the time thinking um a lot of my girlfriends from high school they didn't always have that same um support or belief or um you know those people that were just there absolutely backing them and I, I look back now and I laugh because my sister and I both thought we were invincible <laughs> and um you know that self-belief does get you a long way and um yeah I just wonder if I'd done those things if I'd been um I was naive and um you know, if you think you can, you truly can. And if you let too many people tell you you can't and you believe them, then you won't. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's, it's so simple. Like we speak about that all the time. But to constantly work on that challenge and constantly have that self-belief. And, you know, it sounded like a lot of that came from your upbringing and your family and your dad. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's amazing. And so tell us a bit about Beef at Foods. I know you started talking about the home delivery um, and take us to where it is today and the perhaps the size and the business, but 
also talk um, and, and share uh, with the audience, Kate, like what, your, what are some of your future aspirations with, with this business and, you know, where do you want to take it? Yeah, so I, I guess B-Fit Food for me came about because once again, I was told that I, I, I couldn't or um, my idea to put people on a whole food diet prior to weight loss surgery so that A, they wouldn't need surgery or B, um, at least if they did have weight loss surgery, gastric bands, gastric sleeves, gastric bypasses, that actually learnt what to eat with whole foods and healthy balanced meals instead of bars and shakes diets. So that challenge for me was really set at the start when it was said to me that the global standard around the world is these chocolate bars and shakes and that is the only thing they can eat prior to surgery because it shrinks the liver and I thought I bet I can create a diet that also shrinks the liver that has nothing synthetic in it all whole foods and that was the challenge and it's a pretty risky challenge because I was going out against you know the the big multinational global companies that had set these standards plus all of the the bariatric surgeons around the world that had really believed that this is the only one way that you could lose the weight and then even people in my profession all of the dietitians and still to date um, you know rapid weight loss is believed to um, not necessarily be the best treatment for certain medical conditions however the science is showing it is one of the only things that really works in reversing type 2 diabetes resetting metabolism so shrinking the liver shrinking the pancreas getting someone's metabolism working again resetting some of their hormone levels so they can actually lose weight and yeah so I just decided that I was going to go out and do it so um, the bariatric surgeon said to me Kate if you're not going to um, provide the meals for my patients then we're just going to have to put them back on bars and shakes so your meal plans are great but you need to give people the food so I went and hired a kitchen five staff and we started cooking these recipes and once we were convinced that it worked every single time on every single patient that had compliance then we knew we we're on to something that um, was quite um, not well accepted at the time but really, really was powerful in the way that it worked. And it's just food. So um, that business then grew quite quickly because we started doing it for people for a weight, prior to weight loss surgery. Then we did find some people didn't need the weight loss surgery because they changed their behaviours. They got the portion control. They knew what to eat. And then they were telling their friends and family. And a lot of the time, their friends and family wouldn't believe that they hadn't had the surgery because they'd lost so much weight. So then they were coming along and buying beef fit food. And we were seeing things like it was putting type 2 diabetes into remission in very short periods of time, um, blood pressure, cholesterol, people coming off all their medications. And it was such a simple concept where the science had existed for two or three decades around shrinking the liver and the pancreas, but they'd just done it with synthetic supplement-based products nobody had really pushed doing it with whole food so that was that's how we started <laughs> that's incredible that's incredible I love that almost that vision of saying look what if we could do it without you know this particular way which is actually not that good for you and the fact that some people didn't need surgery at the end is amazing yeah and so where you are today um what are the future aspirations like where do you want the business to go or what do you want to see shift around um, you know, that health landscape around that? Very much for me from day one, I started trademarking some of the phrases we would use, such as food as a first medicine. So that's my favourite one, that 
if you get the food right, A, you may not need the medicine or B, if you still need the medicine, it'll work better if you get the food right first. So food is the first medicine. And secondly, I guess it's really about eating yourself to better health. So we have the trademark, eat yourself better. And the idea of that is if you eat enough of the good stuff, firstly, you won't fit the bad stuff in or you won't have the cravings or you won't need as much of it. But secondly, you can actually eat yourself to wellness. And that's a concept that people always think eating yourself to wellness is eating less. And it's not always eating less. It's actually eating more of the good stuff and just knowing what extra to put in and that will then replace the need for some of the other foods that we have purely because we're not meeting our uh, physiological needs and even our emotional or psychological needs so you can do that through uh, modulating uh, the gut brain connection the gut microbiome and it's it's all through just whole food based eating so nothing you know really really over the top there yeah um I love how simple you make it sound. I'm like, yes, I've tried some of these things and I need to have more of a conversation with you and have some little look at look at these things too. Um, and you know, do you have leadership philosophies? Like are there things that you really try and follow? Uh, and maybe they're philosophies, maybe not necessarily leadership philosophies, but philosophies that are really important to you in terms of how you live, perhaps how the business and some of the values in the business there are, perhaps even in your family. Tell us a bit about them. Yeah, I think the key thing is really to make sure that you've got balance and that balance, uh, Janine Ellis actually said this in one of her, I've had conversations with her about it, I've heard her on podcasts in her book, but she talks about a pendulum that um, it doesn't stop and stay in the middle. So balance doesn't always look like everything is in balance. It just means it's swinging from side to side. So you've got the good, the bad, the ugly, in every sphere of your life so um it's that that balance in every area but not all at the same time because that's probably not achievable and this is where people go searching for this perfect balance and I really don't think that does exist. You know, when things are going amazingly well at work, but that's because you're putting everything into it. They're probably not going as well in your family life because you're taking away to put more into your work and vice versa. When, you know, you're away with your family, but you're not giving everything to the business or to your colleagues. And that's where leadership is so important because you need to empower other people in your team. And I know we were asked today on one of our forums to nominate um, one of our favourite books. And one of my favourite books is called The Dumbest Guy at the Table. And that was given to me um, by an entrepreneur that I really, really admire. He actually owns Jayco. So he's one of the most well-known entrepreneurs in Australia. And that book to me was really, really um, confronting in that, we all understand that you, you know, your business is made out of people and the better the people you hire, um, the easier it is to grow your business, but it's putting the trust in those people. It's listening to those people. It's letting them lead the way. So um, let them come up with the solutions and the answers and trusting them um, quite a few steps further than what traditionally as entrepreneurs we do. We tend to um, sort of block things or have a, um, you know, a path that we've already halfway gone down and then we don't want to turn back and try something else. And I just found the book really, really empowering from that point of view is if you let other people lead and let it be their idea, let them talk, let them be heard, then they will take the business so much 
further for you and that allows you to have that family time and know that things are controlled because they own it as their baby and they look after it when you're not there. Um, and even in our business, we have like five key values in the business. And the first one is for the love of it. And and that comes from my my dad and my upbringing and mum as well. Um, you know, mum loves clothes. So she's got a secondhand clothes shop and she sews on the side as well. She absolutely loves fashion and that for her is happiness. Um, so uh, I guess for the love of it means when you get up and you come to work, you act, it's what you want to do. It's where you want to be. You're surrounded by people that you love. Um, you're doing something that feels good for you, um, helping other people. And when you get sick of that feeling or you don't love it anymore, then that's when you find your next step in your, your career. And, you know, I've helped a handful of people on our team find new careers. I remember there was a dietitian who wanted to be a uh, a paramedic so we helped her do that we've had um yeah lots of different people come and go where they thought they wanted to do something but really their heart was somewhere else so yeah you get the most out of people who really want to be there yeah beautiful that's beautiful and um and we I want to know what do you do for your wellness so do you have rituals or practices that you do daily or weekly or yearly like tell me about them in terms of how you manage when you're helping the world be well? What are some of the things that you do? My non-negotiables are really, um, I love my Pilates on a reformer bed twice a week. I, I do KX Pilates and I just find it so therapeutic. Um, I get into that flow state that people talk about. So I just find I lay down on the bed. I do the 6am class and even, you know, in the fives, I'm laying there looking up at the lights or the fan or something else I, I stare at in the room and my mind goes to another place. My body does the workout for me and I finish and I feel amazing and I'm like, where was I? <laughs> and it takes me away to another place. And I find the same when I go for a, you know, a, a, a run or a walk. Um, we live down near the beach on the Mornington Peninsula and just being outside in nature. And I actually like the darkness and the stillness. So I really prefer to go and do my walk or run in the fives early in the morning when I'm out there by myself. I love that, that peace, serenity, um, yeah, I think it's easier to get into that flow state. Yeah, beautiful. And and the last question, Katie, is like if people want to contact you, what, what are the best platforms? Um, where do we find a bit more about Be For Foods? Tell us about where we can find you, but also the business. Uh, so I predominantly use LinkedIn. So Kate Save on LinkedIn, Save, like save your money terrible surname but anyway save your life there you go I have to write a book like that uh um instagram same thing kate save uh facebook and for bfit food we've got our website bfitfood.com.au but we've got a really active social media channel so uh, bfit food australia for our instagram there is our most active channel that's fantastic it is always such a pleasure i might hang and talk to you for a minute so, so grateful for you making time on the holidays um, with the kids and just being here and being so present and being amazing. And, you know, I've written down two or three things that I'm going to take away from this conversation. So thank you so grateful. Oh, thank you for having me and my wet soggy bathers on the couch. <laughs> well, you're still adding heaps of value, so we really appreciate it. Thanks, Kate. Thanks. 
I'm Shivani Gupta, and you've been listening to the Grow Your Business podcast. I hope you got one idea that you can think about or perhaps even implement straight away in your business. Thank you for listening. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn under Ash Shivani. Remember, I call it Ash Shivani, so please send me your questions that I can address in this podcast for you. And I would also so appreciate if you went to the Apple Podcast to rate and review this podcast.